Welcome to Next Level Christianity, a podcast designed to teach Christians biblical truth, help apply it to their daily lives, and gain true clarity of what it means to follow Jesus. Our churches and Christian communities are being influenced by cultural and worldly views, and few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is John Alkire, along with my beautiful wife, Carrie Ann. Please join us as we have important conversations where biblical truth and life application collide. We hope these episodes help equip and motivate you to take your Christian faith to the next level. So grab your Bible and join us in the conversation. Good evening, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining Next Level Podcast where biblical truth and life application collide. I'm your host, John Alcar, and with me this time, my co-host and wife, beautiful wife, Carrie Ann. Hey! Joining us for um, our second part of a three-part series. We're doing three pillars of spiritual development, and unfortunately, my beautiful wife wasn't able to join me in part one. She wasn't feeling well, but we talked about Having a personal relationship with God. Pillar number one, a relationship with God and how to do that. And if you haven't heard it, please listen to it. But the takeaways were, are we inviting God to be in every aspect of our life, everywhere, in everything, bring him everywhere with us? And then two, we have a communication through prayer. That's how we communicate with God on a regular basis. And then we hear from God through the Bible And by reading his scripture and it speaks to us and the Holy Spirit guides us and speaks truth into our life and helps educate us on the teachings of Christ. So those were three takeaways in pillar one of building a personal relationship with God. Pillar two tonight is sanctification. It is a process. It is a process which basically, and if you followed us and you've gone through these episodes, you've heard the word many times. Uh, which was interesting because Carrie and I didn't know much about this word um, growing up in our faith, but we are now very in tune with sanctification and the process and how important it is in our spiritual development. And that's why we're talking about it as pillar number two. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Like, so the definition we're going to get into, John's got a whole lot of great content about that, but just opening up. Um, to what that is going to be for your walk with Christ is really important. And that's why um, we're spending a little bit of time on it today. So Yeah. And, and so sanctification is just a process of being set apart, um, becoming more holy, as the Bible will tell you. Um, and, and it defines it. And it's God's will for followers to live holy lives, removing themselves from worldly influence and sin. The Bible's clear about how to live our lives and grow our faith. So as you're reading the Bible, which we need to be in it, you'll learn how to do so. And we're going to talk about some of this stuff. We are to allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us through the word and daily relationship. The Holy Spirit is with us as believers to help the sanctification process. You are not alone. It is not something you try to figure out. You're not capable as a human being to figure out how to become holy like God and how to be like Jesus as we're called to do and live like Jesus did. The Holy Spirit is there to help us through the process. And it is a journey. It is not an overnight process. 
It is a whole life process, or as we talk about running the race of life, the Holy Spirit's with us to help us with the sanctification process. But we do play a part in it. We, we have to make choices, and we're going to talk about some of that today. And we are to obey um, God's commands. How we do that is the teachings and commands in the Bible that we're going to go through. We learn what it says. We can put these into practice. The more we commit to the process of putting God first in our life, reading the word and living holy lives, our faith is going to mature. We're going to start growing our faith and maturing in our faith. We no longer conform to the patterns of the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. We accomplish this by our choices. And this is where we play a big part in it. The Holy Spirit's there to do it, but we have to play a part in it. We have to make better choices. Our circle of influence and friends needs to possibly change. And we need to look and be conscious on how we're going to fill our minds. What are we filling our minds with? What content are we putting into our minds via our phones, books, TV shows? Those are all important aspects. And as we mature, we fix our eyes on God and glorify him in all we do. You say this all the time, Carrie. We're to glorify God, right? That is the end all purpose. Hmm? It's our purpose. Mm -hmm. And this journey takes time and requires a commitment. Hmm. It's a full-on commitment. It's not a commitment when you feel like it. It's a commitment every day. It's an everyday commitment and choice that you make. And the Holy Spirit, again, is there to help with the process. So let's let's just dive into this a little bit. We've got a whole lot of cool scriptures um, that we're going to bring to you. Some great ideas, some great content. But one thing that I grew up um, early, early commitment to Christ, raised in, in a great church, but there was a lot of rules and a whole lot of grace. And then as I got older, I really leaned heavily on that. Well, I can go make mistakes. And then once I discovered what grace was, well, I'm like, the grace is going to cover my mistakes. And, you know, being a little bit more mature now in my walk with Christ, obviously that's, both of those are the wrong mentality. You know, you can't live by the rules and you can't live just by the grace. And so what sanctification does, it is that perfect combination of the rules and the grace. And that's why it's really an important characteristic of our walk. And once we understand how both of those together are going to um, move us forward towards our actions, glorifying God, that's what we want it to be. Everything is going to glorify God as opposed to glorifying our own desires. So once we learn it's, um, it's, it's the law and the grace together, that is the ultimate piece. And then you've got some amazing scriptures. Yeah, you just touched on Romans 6. Um, you know, Paul really gets into this. So we're not going to totally read the, you know, the scripture on that. But if you get in the Bible, Romans 6, it, Paul really talks about no longer are you slaves to sin. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. And he then says uh, something that the fact of sh sin, sin shall not be, uh, your master, you are not under the law, but you're under grace. And that's what you're, that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing about grace and we hear grace a lot, let's not mistake grace. Cause in that verse, as you read in Romans six, Paul does say, um, it doesn't mean we keep sinning. Correct. It is not an excuse. Grace, although sounds so great and it is so great. It is so great. And it, he, we're, we're, 
We're on Easter weekend. I mean, we're doing this podcast Yay! Easter weekend. So we're celebrating our favorite. His resurrection and his death for us and the grace that we get to live in that we're talking about. But as Paul says, it is not okay to continue sinning because you have grace. You don't get more grace so you can keep sinning. Right. And, and that's what he's trying to say there. So again, verse 13 in Romans 6, you can find what he says there. But what I want to move into before we get into the scriptures is, okay, sanctification sounds great. But man, it's so hard. And I and, and as I prepared for this, and you were you and I were talking about this, Carrie, it's so hard to do right now because you have two factors working against us. One, the worldly, which we already know, the worldly desires, the worldly influence, everything around us is tempting and not wanting us to be holy or good and righteous. And then we have other Christians right. who, this is, a big piece. this is a big deal, mm-hmm. who, if we really want to be that way, I don't have very good role models within the Christian community of people that are trying to be sanctified and actually very um, purposeful in not becoming influenced by the worldly desires and things like that. So I've got my own Christ- Christian peers that are not helping that process because they're not living out their faith that way. And then we've got all this worldly. So we've got these two crazy things going against us here. And I, I just think that we we want, we have our Christian fellows, we've been there before, that they want to fit Jesus into this little worldly culture they live in. They just want to, as we joke and say, we sprinkle a little Jesus in our coffee and we go on our way and live our life. Right. It's not what the process is. It is a it is a selling out. And one of the conversations that John and I have had is um, as we take these steps, because we are a work in progress and we're constantly refining our own character as the Holy Spirit's revealing to us the things that need to come out. And one conversation we had, do you remember when I'm like, we are now moving into the, um, the, uncool (laughs) we're moving into the uncool side like we're not going to be the cool christians anymore and it doesn't mean that we don't like shoes that's not what the saying it doesn't mean that we don't like you know a good meal that's not what we're saying but we're moving to the side that because god is who we want to bring glory that is the ultimate purpose so we're okay going we're taking our faith to the next level to the extreme side um yeah it, it does. It does put a different spin on it. Well, you say extreme, and I, I, I know you. I just, I'm taking that because that's what it sounds like. It's like you listeners extreme. out there, you, you Christian listeners, that maybe not living that holy life right now, or maybe a little sprinkle of Jesus in your coffee, and you're good to go. It's not what we're called to do. It is not biblical. Um, and, and so we say extreme. Oh, this extreme life. It is extreme. Yeah. And that's what's weird about it. And and with that, I want to just move into. As I share this pillar with teenagers, hopefully are listening to this, who are under so much worldly influence in school, parents who have to listen to this and go, man, am I living these pillars out? Am I am I living these out so my kids can see them in my life? Are these pillars part of my life every single day where I'm influencing my children and my neighborhoods and my community and work? Those are questions we have to ask ourselves, but it's, it's one of this... It's, it's a lonely, 
it's extreme, which becomes, it can become very lonely. And I will say this, that if you want to go to the next level with your life and faith, if you want pillar two to be in your life, which is biblical, and we'll talk some of that here and we'll back it up, it might be a lonely life. It might be a little lonely um, journey. And I'm going to go out and say that I'd rather be lonely in this journey than being lukewarm, as Jesus said in Revelations. Because he wants mm-hmm. nothing to do with lukewarm. Right. And he says it clearly in Luke, and he says it clearly in Revelations. He does not want believers who are just partly in, partly following him. He doesn't want it. He'd rather you not. He says clearly, I'd rather you not follow me. I'd rather you not know me. And I think there's a couple a couple applications. There's so much goodness in this. Um, when you think and talking to um, maybe our teens or our young adults, when you think about the friendships that you have, the reason why this is so important to really make that rock solid commitment to Christ in this way is when you think about your friends, the ones that you spend time with are the ones that are totally committed to the friendship. Mm-hmm. The ones that you're not comfortable spending time with are the ones that are just there sometimes and are, are not there the next day. You know, obviously, you know, the ones that you don't spend time with, you're not in those relationships, but the ones that are always confusing, right? Are the ones that you are just, eh, I'm available sometimes, sometimes I'm not available or no, I can't help you with that emergency, you know, and that's, this is what this is what we are called to be like as Christ followers. We are his children and the Bible makes it clear. We are friends of God. You know, we are, we are to be the ones that are constantly focused and dialed. And the other piece too, is that as we use these words, extreme, lonely, don't mistake that for being bad. We have talked about this as well. Like it may be challenging and hard, but don't mistake those opportunities for being bad. It could be extremely uh, beneficial to our character, mm-hmm. um, to those around us, uh, for a, a myriad of reasons. But don't don't take those those big words for um, for bad. It just could be hard seasons. Yeah, it's uh, not bad. No, it's not it, bad. It could be hard. Lonely isn't fun. No, and, and not having friends in this culture is extreme. It's that extreme, extreme. (laughs) but like you're saying, Jesus makes it very clear that we may have to leave our family and friends Mm -hmm. for him. He says, pick up a cross, your cross and follow me. That's right. That cross is the cross of death. It's a cross of crucifixion. It's a serious deal. And he tells us that in Luke, as we referenced in the first episode of Cost of Christianity, he made it very clear that. My disciples, my believers, my followers must give up everything and follow me. Everything. Um, so, yeah, it's extreme. When you say extreme, we'll, we'll say it real clear. Being a Christian is extreme. It's an extreme um, process. But, again, it's not bad to be alone. It could be a season. It could be a season. As you're praying for mm-hmm. friends, God's listening to your prayers. Mm-hmm. And he wants to to answer those prayers and give you friends and give you friends who are also trying to be like you and have the same goals and same aspirations to be holy and to live holy lives and hold yourselves accountable. So that's one way if you're in that spot where you got to go on that lonely journey, you're constantly praying with God and talking to God is finding friends through the church or through your community that have like-minded 
uh, goals with their faith. Absolutely. That's who we want to be around. Absolutely. Because if you're around people that have no desire for that, and those are your peers, and you're trying to be, it's not going to work very well. Correct. That's the point. Correct. Um, so, anyway, um, anyway, so we're going to talk about some Bible verses because I think it's kind of how we roll and just kind of talks about this process. So we'll just jump through that real quick. Um, in First Thessalonians 4.3, it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. You've heard this before if you listen to episodes. Uh, verses four and seven of first Thessalonians is for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects the instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy spirit. There's the Holy spirit. Yeah. First Peter one 15, 16, but just as he who called you is holy. So be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because I am holy. He is saying for, for it is written. He is referring to Leviticus uh, chapter 11, verse 44 and 45. Mm. Peter is there. First John 2, 6 says, This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Must. I always love these words. I circle these words in my Bible. It's not sort of. It's not sprinkle it in your coffee. It's must walk as Jesus did. So it is extreme. First John 3, 6, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We talked mm-hmm. about Romans 6, Paul saying we have the grace, but it doesn't mean you can keep sinning. It doesn't give you the right to sin and continue that habitual sin that you have just because you're covered in grace. Proverbs. You, you guys know what we're talking about, though. Like, you make the mistake, and then you wake up, you ask for forgiveness, and then the next Friday or Saturday night rolls around, and that same that same occurrence. I'm going to open that email from Billy oh. that has some not-so-nice videos on it right. that are pornogra- you know, pornographic. But I'm going to open it from Billy because Billy sent it to me and I got gray. It's no big deal, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. You just can't, you, you can't continue to do that. That is not what it's saying. And even being around the same people, it may be, it may be the same buddies that you have grown up with. Um, the same people that have walked in your shoes and now you are at a place where you feel like the Lord is asking you to make some changes. You may have to commit to not being at that location on Saturday night or not being with those people on Saturday night. And that's where we make those changes instead of waking up on Sunday morning and saying, Oh God, please forgive me. Well, you know, you could have made the decision differently. That's what we're talking about. Like accountability and actions. These are things that we can own instead of just going, Oh, we got grace. Yeah. I think, I think the grace is, we know it's amazing. We know it's amazing. Amazing grace. Right. So we're so thankful. We need it because we're going to blow it, but it's not, it's not an excuse. And yeah, habitual is the big word. Repeating offenses that we know that we can just, it's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple more. If First uh, John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, because we're going to blow it, right? There's the grace. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I love that one. Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sins, whoever conceals their sins, Carrie, kind of what you were saying, mm-hmm. conceals them. We have that sin that we think that, God doesn't know about, right. doesn't know about that sin. I don't think he cares about that sin. He hates sin. He knows all our sin. 
Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. That's true. Love that. So where are we at on this? Um, as we, as we go through this, um, how, how do we, how do we do it? Right? Like J- John and Carrie are saying that we may be lonely. It's a pretty extreme life. Pretty, pretty serious stuff. Right? Don't repeat your bad behaviors. <laughs> how, how do we do this? Like, this is what we want to leave you with, right? You're, you're a teenager and you're in a public school system. You're like, man, I'm just, I'm in it all day long every day and it's so hard and 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 you want to be popular and you want to have friends and you want to have likes um man being alone doesn't sound very fun or just i don't know if i can find those type of friends uh, even you adults that are listening and parents we have three things that are part of this process that we want to leave with you that we feel like has helped us or is helping us for sure because it is a journey Sanctification is a process. It is a long process. But some things that we thought would be helpful for you to kind of write down and think about and apply is you got to know God's commands. And we're going to talk a little bit to that here in a minute. But you got to know what what Jesus taught by reading the Bible. You got to know the commands. You got to know his teachings. And then you got to put those into practice. It doesn't mean perfect, perfect them. It just means you got to put them into practice. You got to know them. You got to put in practice and, and then you know that you have the grace cause you're going to blow it. So you, you got the confession, as we said in, uh, first John one nine, which is confess your sins. When we blow it, we guys just confess. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt here. Um, okay. So we're going to get into the, the, um, some people may call the legalistic side, but it's not. These are the laws and they're really, really important. And I just want to remind you guys, why do we have laws in place that we're going to go over? It is because like with any game that you are a part of, you have to know the rules in order to be able to play. Yeah. And we're not, we're not going to bore you on this. We're not. This is just, this is, if you are not in the Bible and, and this is what we're hoping you are, our, yeah. a part of our mission is to get you to love the Bible and pull what we're, we're giving you because there's so much great content and it applies to your life and you can and you just put it in and, and do it. But, but we want to give you some things. How, what does the Bible teach me about being sanctified or what is it giving me the tools to try to live this out, or, or as you say, practice. Number two, practice. What is the practice? Know the commands, know the teachings, which we're going to kind of walk through a little bit and then put them into practice. And then obviously we have the grace. But so real quick, um, follow his commands, right? We have the 10 commandments, okay? Um, and I want to I want to read 1 John again, back to the Bible. 1 John is, such, 1 John is a great book. 1 John 2, 3 through 4 says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. Okay, perfect. That's, that's the rules. So the, the ground, the ground rules have been set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in Exodus 20, and we're not going to go through all these, but Exodus 20, two through 17 are the 10 commandments. They're actually in the Bible. It goes through all the Ten Commandments, you know, one through ten. But we want to move real quick to Matthew because Jesus 
in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, he gave us the two greatest commandments, which kind of superseded the Ten Commandments because he said all the Ten Commandments fall off these two commandments. Um, and we want to talk about this for a minute. Number one, and you've heard it if you've uh, been a churchgoer and you've been in the Bible, but if you haven't, here they are. There's two. Love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Number two is love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> and Jesus said that if you follow those two commands, the Ten Commandments that I told you are in Exodus 20, 2 through 17, all hang on these two commandments. Okay? And this sounds easy. These two kind of sound easy. What? That sounds pretty easy. But it it, it is very hard. It requires God to be at the top of your mind all the time. Um, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Yeah. God can't be number two, can't be number four, can't be sprinkled in your coffee <laughs> to fulfill that. It, it, it can't. And it, it can't. And this, I love the Matthew version because it, it really is the blending of, of the heart with the rules together. So you've got that grace piece um, and the heart. And then the rules, you just can't mess with that. You guys, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor is so hard. It is so hard. I don't care where you live, what town, what city, what country. It does not matter. That classmate who drives you crazy in school, you teenagers, you high schooler, you know who they are. They drive you nuts. How do I love Stacy, who drives me crazy. <laughs> we don't know any Stacys. I know. Um, <laughs> the grumpy neighbor. Yes. Who draws a property line down and makes sure that you don't cross over with your lawnmower or whatever. I mean, whose dogs drive you crazy. Bar- you know, right? Loving your neighbor as yourself is not. These are two super difficult commandments that he gives us. But they're simple in the fact that there's two and if we practice those and we think about those and we meditate and pray on those, we can follow his rules, as you call them, or the commands mm-hmm. um, that he asks us to. Mm-hmm. And everything falls on that. So good, you so, guys. So those are two great, so greatest commandments that Jesus gave in the New Testament when he was on earth. He gave them to his disciples and others. So those, those are, those are a couple things, uh, real quick, some other teachings that are in the Bible that again, as we talked about the three things that you can take away, number one is knowing his teachings and, um, knowing the, the commandments, Matthew chapter five through seven. So chapter five through seven, Jesus teaches the sermon on the Mount. It's 18 teachings, uh, salt and light, the law, anger, lust, divorce, vows, Talking about retaliation, loving your enemies, giving to the needy, how to pray, about fasting in your faith, about money, about worry. I love that. It's my favorite one. And the whole thing is worry um, and what he says in that. Criticizing others. We did uh, our episode on gossip came from Mm -hmm. the Sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. um, the 14th teaching, which is criticizing others, asking, seeking, and knocking. It's about prayer. 
um, seeking God, way to heaven. He talks about your way to heaven, how do you get to heaven, fruit in people's lives, how do you see the fruit. And then he talks about those who build houses on a rock. And I love it because at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does say, those who hear these words and put them into practice are wise and build their house on a rock. Those who hear these words and do not put them into practice build their house on sand. And um, so it's it's just putting them into practice, right? Knowing them and putting them into practice. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, we did episode number eight. We talked about Paul's final instructions in episode eight found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 23. You can look that up. There's a, over a dozen characteristics um, that we went through uh, that you can apply into your life and you can and you can read about and try to put that into practice. Galatians 5, 23 to 26, Paul goes into the traits uh, found through Christ, which should bear these in our own life, which are the fruits of the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all fruits that come out of God's people, God's believers who are living for him and living with him. And those should be producing out. So those are things that you can read about, but also look at your life. Look at how I can apply. How can I be more joyful? How can I be more kind? How can I have some self-control, right? Test yourself on some of this stuff. And also, too, remember, these are not characteristics that are built out of our own accord. This is the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us what needs to be fine-tuned. He is also going to reveal to us the tools that we need to have in order to have more joy. It is not up to Carrie. It is not up to John to do all the work. Remember, we are just the ones there to kind of do the execution, but the Holy Spirit is going to be showing us what the fruit is that we need to be producing. Oh, absolutely. But we got to know, and this is why we're in the Bible again, hammering. These are just areas that we've highlighted of things and characteristics that come from being believers and how we're supposed to live. Just things that you can learn. Again, know the teachings, know the commands so that we can apply them and practice them, put them into practice. Second uh, Peter 1, 5 through 9, I love this. Peter tells us how to make every effort to add these character traits to our faith. He says, like, try to make every effort to add these characteristics to your faith. And if you do so, he says, you are going to be... Um, you are going to be, uh, uh, you're gonna, what? what are we going to be? I don't be? know. We're going to be, uh, <laughs> we're going to be effective. We're going to be more effective in our faith. And, and you find that in second Peter one, five through nine, it's goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. So again, mm. just more things to add to your, to your, to your faith. And then James three thirteen through 18, he talks about heavenly wisdom, and as these words, descriptions, uh, heavenly wisdoms, again, you're right. Holy Spirit helps us with this. Heavenly wisdom mm -hmm. is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere peacemakers. That's so good. And as you continue to read in the Bible, and again, we're urging you to do so, because part of sanctification, again, is knowing what it means what it's like and there are tons of teachings that we're just we just went through but there's parables over 40 parables that jesus throughout the gospels uh matthew mark luke and john there's over well over 40 parables of 
examples of how to live and how you should live your life. And he uses those parables with his disciples. So we just went through verses of teachings, characteristics, and things you can apply. And then he's got over 40 parables in there that he uses stories to relate on how he wants us to live and how we should live. So tons of information. But again, we want to come back to the process. Okay. Pillar number two is sanctification. It's a huge part of our journey. Pillar number one, personal relationship. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, you're probably not going to be as sanctified or become more holy. So it kind of works together. And then as we talked about the three pieces is how do I do that? How do I do that in that world? I embrace a little bit of loneliness maybe, but, but as you go through this, number one, you got to know what the Bible is saying and what it's teaching you. You got to know the teachings and commands, put them into practice. Number two, put them into practice in your life. Measure yourself against them. How am I doing on these things? And then three, there's the grace. Confess when you blow it. Because you're going to blow it. You're not going to live them out perfect. You read the Sermon on the Mount and you go through all 18 teachings, you're going to go, I, I, I fail everywhere, right? And and that that's the standard he gave us. But the grace he gave us, knowing that we fell short of the glory, we will, we will fall short of the glory. So we have his grace, but... Again, it doesn't mean that we don't shoot for that high standard of living as believers. Absolutely. It's so good. It's a lot of information, you guys. It's so exciting. It is an exciting piece of our faith. It's hard. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to go through it. And we want to be honest with you. It's hard. This isn't going to be easy. you got to make tough choices. And if you're teenagers, you're, again, going back to an environment that you're in daily that is very, very difficult. And you feel like you have nowhere to go. And if this is what you want, this pillar, which we urge you to put in your life, it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take support. Um, one, you got God, absolutely. And you have the Holy Spirit, know that. Mm -hmm. But you, you, you've, you've got to separate yourself from the rest. And that's hard. Yeah. Being different. But even through this podcast, we have started to develop a community of like-minded Christ followers. And so that's why it's so important. You can reach out to us. Um, we would love to pray over your struggles with you and just know that there, we are all on this journey together and we are build, building a community yeah. that this is what we want to do is live the way that the Lord is asking us to live right from his scriptures. Absolutely. So you do not need to do it by yourself. Nope. So just know that. So you got a ton of information here as, as Carrie said, uh, a process to follow. So we, we thank you for uh, joining us. And again, I will post up on our social uh, networks all the verses that we used in here so you can reference those um, and, and walk through them as you listen to this episode. We're excited about number three because as we move into this, we got personal relationship with God one and we got the sanctification process we're focused on. And then we're going to move to sharing our faith, which um, is a important, important piece uh, of, the, of the process of being a Christ follower. And we are excited to talk about ways to do that, ways to help you do that. And, um, and so we're excited to finish this. Part two, sanctification. We appreciate your time, and we hope it brought value. And again, like Carrie said, if you have any questions, you can hit us up. We have our email on there on our, on our podcast when you check it out. Um, you can email us. We'd love to hear from you how it's moving in your life or affecting your life or questions or concerns. 
Yeah, and if you have time, give us a, um, a star or two on yeah. the Apple reviews. That yes. always helps us. Give us Are some you, reviews. We only have a few. so Your feedback is, is so critical to us and what we're building for the future as well. And then also, if you have a friend or a family member that this content is exactly what they need to hear, please don't be afraid to forward that over to them. We would love to be able to do that, and we can only do that with your help. Yep. So Share if you care, right? <laughs> Share if you care. All right, everybody. We All right, appreciate it. Part three coming your way next. Absolutely. Okay, Have bye. a great day.